My loves, let me ask you something. Are you ready to dive deep? Or do you feel like you need some time away from the people, place, and things that make up your current life? It could be both. You're like, I need to get the fuck away from everything and everyone. And I'm also ready to take my spiritual path to the next degree, honey. Okay? Regardless of what it is, I got you. There's two legendary, amazing, delicious opportunities for us to practice together in person this year. The first one is at the iconic Omega Institute in New York, upstate New York. And the second one is in Mykonos, Greece, honey. And both of these retreats are going to be a combination of the spiritual dance practice, also known as the SAT method, also known as the spiritual workout, and Dharma talks. So let me break this down for you. The SAM method, for those of you who are like, what the fuck is that? It's a practice. Uh, it's an experience. It's a, it's, a, it's a performance art healing experience that I created um, that combines ecstatic dance, meditation, breath work, and mantra. And these four practices are here to activate, amplify, and energize the four qualities in your heart, according to Buddhist psychology, which are love, compassion, joy, and wisdom. So during the retreat... And, and upstate New York is five days, excuse me, six days, five nights. And Greece is eight days, seven nights. I'm going to tell you more about this in a second. But during the retreat, we're going to dance. We're going to dance twice a day. Okay. And dance as much as you want. Move as much as you want. But the whole purpose of the, of the movement is for you to actualize what you learn during the theory part. Where we're going to sit around and I'm going to explain to you through, through the, the, my interpretation and my understanding, my studies of Buddhist psychology, I'm going to give you all that I know during that dedicated, you know, retreat time away from the people, place and things that make up your current experience. You're going to be devoted towards your heart, towards your liberation. Therefore, you're going to be able to then actualize that which you learn during theory in the dance floor. And then you're going to be, be able to bring that all back into your life once you leave the retreat. Going to retreat has been one of the best things that I've ever done for myself. It has changed my life. And you've heard, if, you, if you're a listener, uh, an avid listener to the podcast, you've heard me talk about going on retreats over and over again. If you've read my books, you know that going on spiritual retreats is how we take our practice to the next level. Oftentimes we do need to take time away from people, place, and things that make up our current life in order for us to truly discover who are we really and what is it that I want to do in my life. And maybe you're like, I already know who I am and I'm already happy with what I'm doing in my life, but you want to actually bring more joy, more bliss. You actually want to be happier, more playful, more lighthearted in more lightheartedness into your life. This retreat, these retreats are for you. You can either come to one or you can come to both. It doesn't matter. The point of the Psalm method, the spiritual workout, the spiritual dance practice is for us to say fuck off to people that says that when you are a disciplined spiritual practitioner, you become more serious. That is a lie. Okay. The truth is the deeper you become, the, the, the deeper you, you, you enter into the spiritual path and the more you're disciplined about your spiritual liberation, the more playful and lighthearted and more smiles and more humor and more laughter your life becomes filled 
with. Okay, so click the links in the show notes and I hope to see you at, in upstate New York at the iconic, legendary Omega Institute. Uh, let me tell you the dates. Uh, upstate New York is June 19th through the 24th. Okay, and Greece is um, October 8th through October 15th, okay? And if you have any questions or concerns about the retreats, when you click the link in the show notes, um, or so you can visit my Instagram bio or my TikTok bio to get all the details for the for the retreats. If you have questions, just go onto the retreats website and, and click over there to find out how you can talk to the retreat producers. They're both amazing powerhouse companies that are producing my retreats. They will be able to help you with anything you need, okay? I love you all so much, and I cannot wait to practice with you and get free with you. Love you. Peace. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show. The following podcast was recorded live on Quilt. So when we're looking at when we're looking at triggers, there is information taking place. You know, there's feedback taking place. You know, you've heard me say this a million times that like I was putting uh, uh, Trump on my altar during the during the last four years that he was the, the president, and people would be like, "What the fuck are you doing, sir?" Like, how does that make any fucking sense for you to put somebody who's causing so much harm and so much destruction in the lives of millions of people? Why are you doing that? Why? Because he triggered the fuck out of me. I literally would never watch or read or, or any engage with anything that he did. But his words, his, 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 the things, his activities would always surface uh, my space. That would always be a friend. That would always be my brother, my dad, you know, and, and, and some other people that I've worked with uh, in the past, they were, um, you know, they were uh, in favor of, of him. So there will always be this massive flare up inside of my being, right? So when we're looking at triggers from a variety of different ways that we're going to talk about today, why did I put Trump in my altar? Because this motherfucker, honey, bless his light. He's, you know, he's a, he's a guru. Why? Because he's helping me to get to know my mind. He's helping me to see where I am lacking compassion. And what the fuck does compassion mean? What does compassion even mean? Compassion for oneself means I am making a vow and I'm willing to alleviate my suffering. And what do you say? So that's self-compassion, right? And when we say have compassion for others, you're saying I'm willing and I'm making a vow to help to alleviate the suffering in others. And then there's the deeper level of compassion. We understand that pain is being caused to other people because the person who's causing pain they are in pain themselves hurt people hurt people we know this so when i'm when i'm looking at trump i'm seeing somebody who's profoundly hurt right and not to get too political some of you guys were trump supporters bless your heart bless your mind bless your life may you become a buddha before i do so you can show me the way right so you can help to eradicate delete my ignorance right so when we're looking at trump there's a couple of layers taking place right when we're when we are when we're meeting the trigger there's a couple of things taking place right First, when compassion strikes, first, first compassion doesn't strike. Actually, let's let's just uh, rail it back a little bit. Let's let's um, rewind the tape a little bit. So, first thing comes up is anger, then sadness, then fear, and in that same breath, right? With all these years of of, of profound psychological and spiritual work that I've done in myself, I experience all the way wa this wave of anger, sadness, fear, confusion, despair, even, and in that same breath. 
then I'm able to open up to compassion and see that this person is causing so much pain to so many people, they are in pain themselves. So what could I do to help alleviate their pain? Is there anything that I could do physiologically to help alleviate their pain? In this very moment, no. So what I could do is I could pray for them. Right? So this is, I can pray for their well-being. Mr. Trump, may you become a Buddha before I do so you can show me the way. Mr. Trump, may you know peace so profoundly. May you know peace to such a profound place that your conditioning dissolves, that your hatred dissolves, that your racism and homophobia dissolves, that you're able to profoundly re-enter the world as an awakened being, as an ascended master, as a sage, as a guru, as a saint. Right? So we're looking at from that perspective. And then on the other side, we're looking at, at the, 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 the aspect where this, the other layer of compassion, right? Okay, so hurt people hurt people. Okay, so he's in pain. Let me send a blessing. Let me not react to someone who's in pain with more pain. Let me offer a blessing instead. So that takes place. And then, and then at a deeper place, what happens is the recognition that I'm still being triggered. I'm still annoyed. I'm still experiencing hurt and suffering. And I'm still experiencing confusion and despair and anger and rage. So thank God for Trump for showing me, helping to illuminate, being a spotlight of awareness into the garden of my mind that I'm still cultivating suffering. So Trump is now showing the part of the garden of my mind, the karmic garden of my mind, that I am still hooked. That unintentionally I'm still going into the garden of my mind multiple times a day, perhaps multiple times a minute. And I'm watering the seeds of despair. And I'm watering the seeds of confusion. And I'm watering the seeds of hatred, of anger, of ignorance. So you see how we're now sort of looking at triggers from a more holistic place. So we're now looking at triggers from a spiritual place, the bird's eye view, you know? Triggers are feedback to what we need to work on, right? Because here's, here's what an enlightened master will do. Here's how an enlightened master will relate to a trigger. Instead of them having the seeds of confusion, despair, ignorance, hatred, racism, homophobia that we all to a degree have in the garden of our mind, and then we and then someone does X, Y, and Z thing, and then that the, this that experience triggers these seeds inside of our being, and at that very moment, as we are as we are engaging with them, as we're becoming those seeds, as we're watering those seeds, more of that's prevailing and growing in the garden of our mind. Right? So an enlightened master would, first of all, not even have those seeds in the garden of their mind. The only thing that's growing in the garden of their mind is love, compassion, wisdom. Love, compassion, wisdom, and joy. As you know by now, because we've been quilting for a couple months now, um, you know that the Brahma Vihara is the four qualities that are at the base of every sentient being, right? Everyone has, has a Buddha nature. That Buddha nature has four qualities. These qualities are unconditional. They're not circumstantial. They're there because you're there. The qualities are love, compassion, wisdom, and joy. So an enlightened master has these four qualities prevalent, always as the default. Us on the other side, we need to understand that when we're being triggered and, and hatred is, is arising inside of our being, how could I open myself up to experience compassion, love, joy, and wisdom 
on the same breath as hatred? Could I experience hatred as just a part of me, not the whole of me? Could I experience hatred as one, one cloud passing in the sky? And in the very moment that I'm experiencing a trigger, can I just see that as one passing cloud and that recognition that one dark cloud, one cloud of anger does not define the quality of the sky, does not define the nature of the sky? Could I also recognize in that same breath that one dark cloud of confusion, of anger, of ignorance, of hatred, of racism, of homophobia does not define how powerful the sun is and that the fucking sun is always shining. No matter what kind of cloud, no matter what kind of thunderstorm, no matter if it's nighttime, the sun is always there. So what we're doing here is awakening what I call solar awareness. Solar awareness is the awareness of enlightened master. Solar awareness is the, is the, is the awareness of a highly developed practitioner is someone who on the same breath can recognize that what's coming into the sense gates, right? Feeling, thinking, tasting, uh, hearing, thinking, feeling, everything that's coming through your sense gates is feedback to what we need to work on. There will come a point on the path of liberation, on the liberatory path, which is the spiritual path, that we're going to be able to experience some people, everything, we're going to be able to, to, to radically see the present reality for what is chaotic, challenging, traumatizing, painful. And on that same breath, we're not allowing the present experience to clutter their potential. In the same breath, we're able to witness somebody's present reality of chaos, of triggers, of confusion. And on the same breath, be able to tickle and flirt with their heart. Is this, is this landing? Are we making sense here? Are we walking together? Are we communicating? Yes, yes, yes. Wonderful. So when we are experiencing triggers in dating with money, with social media, with our friends, with our to-do list, everything that everyone's shared, you know, everything that's in the collective uh, mind right now, there are, and then here's the deeper level and the deeper and deeper layers, right? When you see something that someone is doing, a harmful behavior, a dysfunctional behavior, an unwholesome behavior, an unskillful behavior, that is what it is. It's dysfunctional, it's harmful, but can you relate to it in a different way? That's where choice comes in. We have lost the ability to have choice because we're triggered all the motherfucking time. And then we're pointing out our fingers. You're the sole cause of my, you're the sole cause of my misery. That guy I went on a date with, I'm depressed because of this motherfucker. We're, relinquish we're relinquishing control. We're relinquishing power is the word, not control, fuck control. We're relinquishing power over our internal world. All of a sudden, that motherfucker that we went on a date one time has the entire ownership of my entire house. I've let him move in, them move in to every room of my house. And now I get to sleep on the couch because they have the keys to the house. They own my internal world. That's what happens when you are not dancing with a trigger. That's when you're giving power to a trigger. You have now given the keys to the penthouse suite of your house. 
Are we landing? Are we communicating? Are we, war are we walking the same direction? That's right. That's right. So you see what we're doing here? We see what we're doing here. We're, we're, we're dismantling, we're decolonizing our, our blame narrative. We're decolonizing the indoctrinated, indoctrinated perception that we have that, that people can make us feel anything. We are the ones that are experiencing the suffering. We may go on a, someone else might go on a date with a, with, a, with, a, with a crack baby. And, you know, I have multiple ways of speaking about a crack baby. I address myself as a crack baby. My boyfriend calls me a crack baby. But this is the good one. This is the endearing, the soft, the, the loving, the wise crack baby. The one that's in, that is profoundly motivated to be of help to all beings everywhere. That's the, that's, the, that's, the, the, that's the beneficial crack baby. But now you go on a date with the crack baby, right? And that's not the cute crack baby. That's the, the crack baby that you're like gagged. And that's not the good gag. That's the gag that's like, oh, nauseating, right? And an enlightened master sits in front of a date with a crack baby. And the enlightened master sees that this person is in pain. Therefore, they're speaking about pain. Therefore, they're leaking pain to every place and everything that they do. The enlightened master doesn't, doesn't, doesn't allow their pain to trigger suffering and confusion and wobble and crunch inside of them. In that same breath that the enlightened master sees that person who's a crack baby, who's, who's, who's permeating pain into the environment unintentionally, right? The enlightened master is, off, is, is in that very moment breathing in their suffering into their heart and breathing out the antidote in that same breath, breathing in their suffering and breathing out the antidote like that. So solutions arise, right? And in that very moment that you're able to transmute, transcend, alchemize that painful experience, that trigger, the wobble, that crunchy person, that crack baby energy, wisdom arises, joy arises, compassion arises, love arises. And if they don't arise one after the next, they arise simultaneously. They're all, they're all the faces, the directions, you know, of the heart and they don't come one after the other they don't come one and then a little bit later the next one comes no when wisdom arises joy is right there love is right there compassion is right there so we need to always be thinking what would an enlightened master do how would an enlightened sage saint relate to this experience right now because you're calling upon your divine nature in that very moment you're calling upon your buddha nature you're calling upon your ability to trust yourself. Your ability to trust yourself. When you're triggered and you give up your power and you blame your external circumstances for how you feel, you've lost your power. You've given your power to the person, to the experience, to the thing. And you're saying, you have control over my internal world. Please take over, right? So we always have to call upon our enlightened nature, our Buddha nature, our spiritual heart. And when you when you are saying, when you are when you are when you when you recognize that you've, that you've given your power to your trigger, you've given your power to that seed of suffering that's growing at the, that's growing a karmic garden of your mind, 
and you recognize that's taking place. In that very moment, you're regaining trust in your ability to become free. And then your freedom is permeating the minds. It's piercing through the conditioning of all people in that same breath because we're deeply interdependent, right? What can I learn from my trigger? What could I learn from a challenging experience? What can I learn from a challenging person? Now, here's the thing, another thing that we always have to recognize too. When we, are, when we are experiencing a triggering person, there is a level of truth. There is a level of reality taking place. Yes, someone is being harmful, dysfunctional. You know, someone's really being unkind, unskillful. Yes. When we are triggered, we're saying that that motherfucker is that. That that person is their behavior. An enlightened master and an awakened mind recognize that behavior does not define the truth of someone's being. An enlightened master, a developed mind, is constantly dismantling the colonization of our minds that perceives someone's behavior to be who they are at the base of their being. So there's a sense of forgiveness that arises. There's a sense of acceptance that arises. There's a sense of love. There's a profound peace that arises with compassion. And then there's even joy. There's a cosmic giggle that plays out. Are we communicating? Is this landing for you? Are we walking in the same direction? Yeah? Very well, very well. So when we are experiencing triggers, we have to be putting on the hat of a spiritual diplomat. You're now called to be a spiritual diplomat. Okay? Triggers have, have arisen. My nervous system is shot. My mind is wobbly. What can I learn about this experience? What can I learn about this experience? What else is here for me to experience, right? And you see why I said that at a relative level, this person is being dysfunctional. This experience is hurtful. This experience is tragic, traumatizing, painful. At a relative level, hell fucking yeah. At an absolute level, at a place of truth, at a spiritual level, we recognize that that experience is here to help us, for us, for us, not to us, but for us. Spiritual diplomat is constantly internalizing and actualizing on the same breath that every experience is happening for us, for our growth. But here's the thing, the natural law of karma says that if you react to a painful experience. If when you go on that date, when you check your bank account and you get wobbled because of the, the, the balance and you go on social media and you're triggered, your, your friends are trying to reach out to you and hang out with you and you don't feel worthy. Like all the things, all the triggers, right? The to-do list triggers you, blah, 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 all the shit, all the cosmic giggle, all the lila, all the play, all the theater of life is playing out, right? And you are the spiritual diplomat. You're putting on your, your student hat, you're opening yourself up. What is here for me to learn? Okay. All right. I see that shame is still growing profusely and aggressively in the garden of my mind. All right. Heard. Seen. If you react to a trigger with unskillful thinking, with unskillful feelings, with unskillful words, with unskillful action, you're creating more of that in your life. That's the natural law of karma. 
cause and effect. When a trigger arises and you react with more confusion, when you react with more wobble, more crunch, more this, more, more harm, you are literally buying yourself a consequence. Every thought, every feeling, every word, every action is a two-for-one deal, sister, comes with a consequence. So the consequence of relating to a trigger with more confusion, more pain, more suffering, you're literally buying yourself more confusion. It's simply mathematical. So the way that a spiritual diplomat would be able to sit at a date or, or send a text message after the date, hey, that was so lovely, you never hear back from the person again because, because the person is so confused and ha has no ability to communicate and they're in such a state of pain and confusion about who they are that they are not even able to, you know, to, to recognize their worth of to go on a second date or to their worth that they can actually date this incredible being, right? Or um, the trigger on the money, social media, friends, the to-do list, whatever it may be, right? The spiritual diplomat is recognizing the crunch, breathing into the crunch, opening the crunch up, dismantling the crunch, learning something, meaning, okay, now let me put on the spiritual gardening gloves, let me go into the garden of my mind, and let me look at this fucking weeds that are aggressively growing and cluttering my connection to my heart. They are, they are suffocating the growth of the seeds. They're representative of my heart, of the development of my heart. So triggers are points of education. Triggers are symbols of awakening if you choose to relate to them as an enlightened master, if you choose to relate to them as your heart. The problem is we have been so colonized to blame. We have been so indoctrinated to give our power to our feelings, to give our power to our thoughts, to give our power to the wobble, to the crunch. We haven't taken radical responsibility for our own peace in the puzzle. We haven't, taken our, we haven't taken responsibility for our own part in every experience, right? So my wish for you is that from today on, you're able to recognize when you're triggered, you're able to stop placing blame, and you're able to look inside, put on the spiritual gardening gloves, recognize that you can trust yourself to relate to this experience from a new perspective, a perspective that you are going to be surprised by. And then in that very moment, you choose compassion. You choose love. You choose wisdom. You choose joy. Like that. Like that. And we always have to recognize that there is a shared collective mind that certain behaviors and certain experiences are inherently bad, harmful, triggering, painful. Yes. And on that same breath, we have to open ourselves up to the absolute truth. Like relative truth, yes, yeah, shit is fucked up. On an absolute level, in the highest truth, we have to open ourselves up to see that triggers are part of our healing curriculum. You know? 
And here's another factor that is very important to recognize. Okay, so you, you're experiencing fear when you check your bank account, you're triggered because of the amount of money there, not enough money's coming in, the bills are piling up, all the shit's happening, right? You're like crunchy as fuck, you're confused, you're angry. And in that very moment when the anger, the confusion arises, there's a whole new set of thoughts, memories that trickle in fast. They literally populate every room of your, of your mind, right? And then you're like, oh, fuck, I thought I worked on this shit. What the fuck is going on again? I have to go back to my therapist, to my coach, to my, to my guru, to my master, whatever the fuck your work, whoever is your witnessing support system, whoever it is there to bounce you back, to remind you of your truth, your power, your potential. Instead of you feeling like you have to bring the same narrative of something that's happened to you many years ago, back up again because you feel like you haven't done enough healing. That's an old way of, of, of healing. That's an old, that's a very tr old way, very traditional way, you know, that we think that by overanalyzing our past, by overanalyzing our triggers, we're going to find solutions. No sister, no honey, no beloved. Solutions only arise in the present moment. It's only when you're so profoundly intimate with the here and the now that a new surprising perspective arises, that you open yourself up to miracles. Miracles can't come through if your mind is in the future or if your mind is in the past. Your channel is cluttered, honey. There's no, there's no abilities for miracles to take place because you're cluttered. So when you anchor yourself in the here and the now and you're intimately experiencing the breath in the present moment, miracles take place. A surprising new perspective arises. And in that very moment, you become a new version of yourself. And on a, on a deeper level, which is what I actually, my whole point of me saying all this in this last little bit, is that you don't need to approach your past painful experiences because our past painful experiences get triggered and they colonize our minds in a, in a glimpse of a second when we experience something painful in the present. When we experience something painful in the present moment, the very first thing that arises in our mind, you know, a set of them, a set of painful memories validating that we are unworthy, undeserving, unloving, not lovable, that we're broken, that we're deficient. There's a there's a there's a a chain uh, there's a, a chain effect that happens right when we're triggered in the now in the present moment, and we're not present for it. If we're present when we're experiencing triggers, we are gonna relate to them with compassion, love, wisdom, and joy. But because we're so often scattered, never in the present moment, constantly multitasking, our triggers they're happening in the now. Because we're scattered, what happens is you unintentionally bring back a whole set of memories. So then you're now relating to pain with pain. You're now relating to trauma with trauma. The lens of the heart is no longer present. This is making sense. This is far out stuff. But if this mathematical equation lands for you, then you're good, honey. Then you're like moving forward in a whole new way. So our work 
is to recognize that triggers are asking us, are urging us, are, are pushing us into the present moment. Not back into the past, not pushing us into the future. So instead of overanalyzing, perpetuating a cycle of suffering by replaying that, what that happened, that one thing that happened to you 75,000 times over and over and over and over again, like you would never watch the same horror movie 200 times in a row, but that's what you're doing to your nervous system. You know, think about the neurochemistry that takes place inside of your being when you watch a horror film, when you watch a thriller. Think about that neurochemistry. Now think about no screen out there, but the screen of your mind, you're playing the horror movie over and over and over again. Think about the neurochemistry that you're cooking up for yourself. Think about the stew of stress, of cortisol, of adrenaline, of anxiety, of depression that you're cooking up for yourself. And you're cooking and drinking at the same time, honey. That's not the look. So instead of you doing that, you think about ways of beautifying the world. You think about ways of beautification of the world outside of yourself. Outside of yourself. You may break a glass, a beautiful mug that you have, and you may buy some glue. You may buy some, some, some uh, monkey glue, or I think it's called gorilla glue. glue gorilla glue and you may put in the gorilla glue uh glitter purple you know glitter in it and you may glue that 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 mug back with that purple glue as a symbol that you have transformed that you have gone through destruction through eruption through a trigger but you've built yourself back up stronger than ever more beautiful than ever and then once that once that mug is rebuilt once that mug you know, that piece of art that you have created from that moment of trigger, when you are a spiritual diplomat, you're beautifying the world with every challenge. Let me say this again. When you're a spiritual diplomat, you're beautifying the world with every challenge, period. Now, that mug is built. That mug is made. And instead of you putting it in your cabinet for yourself, you gift it to a friend. And you say, I made this mug in a moment of pain. I made this mug. As a symbol of my awakening, I made this. I made this mug because I know how to dance with triggers. I made this mug in a moment that I was triggered as fuck, but I chose to to flirt, to tickle my spiritual heart. I chose to go into the garden of my mind and eradicate, delete, decolonize the seeds of suffering, of hatred. You may bake a cake and bring it to your neighbor. You probably don't even know your neighbors. You probably have never even said hello. How are you? More than how are you? Good. Good. Bye. Like, don't say that you're experiencing anything besides good because I don't got the time to deal, honey. And if you say something that's wrong with you, it's going to trigger me and I'm going to go into a spiral and I can't have that. If that's been your experience, then bake a cake, bitch, and go bring it to them. Like that. Make a bracelet. You know, order some shit on Amazon and, and make a little beautiful friendship bracelet and send it on the mail to your friends. You know, paint a wall in your house. You know, draw something in your mirror with lipstick. You know, put it in the, in the mirror downstairs where the guests, the, ma the bathroom that the guests use, put it there, you know. Or write things on a sticky note and place it on cars in the parking lot of Target. You're worthy. You're loved. You belong. I love all parts of you. 
You're a vital piece to the human family. You're triggered as fuck in a, in a Target parking lot. You're triggered as fuck in a, in a supermarket parking lot. Pause, breathe. What can I do in this very moment to beautify the world outside of myself? In that very moment, you've already done the profound work of experiencing the trigger, recognizing that the trigger is helping me to exercise my best qualities. The trigger is here to help to educate me to where I lack compassion, to where I lack love, to where I lack wisdom, to where I lack joy. Then you take your sticky note and your Sharpie and you write a love, you write a little, one little sentence mantra and you put it in, in every car in the parking lot. You know? I don't give a fuck what you do as long as you're beautifying the world with every trigger. That is the path of a radical saint. And I'm teaching you how to be a radical saint. Why I'm teaching you how to be that, I am doing my best effort to become it. So I need you all to live up to the Can you hear me okay? Can you hear me okay? Can you hear me okay? Okay, good. Like that. So that's the ask. That's the ask. That's how we dance with our triggers. Okay? That's how we dance with our triggers. I need you all to recognize that art heals. That it is in, is in creative expression that you heal. You may be going through a tough time. Something happened in the dating, the money, the social media, the friends, the to-do list, whatever the fuck may be that's triggering you. Take out that denim jacket that you never wear. Pull it out. Get some paint. Get some pins. Write something in the back of it. Stitch it. Stitch something cool on it. And then gift it to somebody. But you're like, no, son, now the jacket looks great. I need it. That is you staying selfish. That is you staying triggered. That is you staying on the path of suffering. How could I awaken the sage, the saint, the mystic, the enlightened being inside of me? It's with altruistic intent. It's with altruistic tendencies. Can every trigger awaken my altruistic tendencies? Hell yeah. And even if it doesn't, right the fuck in this moment, let's just all say it together. Hell fucking F. From this moment forward, every trigger is here to help me to become more altruistic, more selfless, kinder, more compassionate, wiser, more joyful. When joy arises in the face of trigger, let the laughter come up. Let the laughter come up. I'm noticing in my own life right now the triggers that I'm having in regards to the medical system. You know, my mom's journey, the second motherfucking time with cancer now. And every time I hear, you know, what this doctor is saying, what that doctor is saying, what this thing is going to, and the triggers that arise in me, oh my God, confusion, despair, full on blown, full blown despair. But in that very moment, I noticed, okay, I pray that all the nurses and all the doctors and everyone in the health field, may they become a Buddha before I do so they can show me the way. May all people in the healthcare department, nurses, doctors, oncologists, everyone, may you know peace so you spread peace. May you know compassion so you spread compassion. 
So first starts with the awareness that I'm that I am triggered. Then we enter the blessing factory mindset. And then you then you go to the next stage. What am I learning? What is here for me to learn? What is the healing curriculum here right now? What could I do? How could I help? How could I, I alleviate suffering? We never go into why is this happening to me? Why is the vocabulary of someone who's seeking suffering? Why is the vocabulary of someone who's seeking chaos? Unintentionally seeking to perpetuate their addiction to suffering. How could I transform this? How could I learn from this? That is the vocabulary of an enlightened master. That is the vocabulary of, a, of an awakened mind. That is the vocabulary of a spiritual diplomat. That's the vocabulary that, that you now have. Okay? And then solutions arise when I ask how. How do I move forward? How can I help? Like that. And then you, a surprising new perspective arises because the how anchors you in the present moment. And then in that moment, beautiful insight, profoundly inspired insight arises in my mind. And then I know how to act. I know how to think about a situation. I know how to feel about a situation. I know how to, to, to speak and to act in ways that are not only liberatory for myself, but liberatory for all people, period. Not only my mom, but all people in general. All people who are experiencing physical suffering, physical pain. Are we communicating? Is this landing? Are we walking in the right direction here together? Are we crossing the bridge of suffering into the heart? Are we there? Are we walking? Very well, very well, very well. So may you learn to dance with your triggers. May you learn to pause the momentum of challenging destructive emotions. May you learn to be with them and not become them. And by being with them, you are dismantling the narrative that this feeling is who I am, that this feeling is the feeling that I should listen to and follow up and engage and operate under. No. You always, at every moment, no matter what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what you experience, you always have an awakened perspective right there. They say that enlightenment is as close to us as our eyelashes. We just can't see it. So work with it like that. But you know, honey, all this, all this, all this stuff that I shared, a lot of talk, right? And very nice stuff. But it will only make sense the next time you feel triggered. And then you choose to take a deep breath, not just one, but several, to the point that you have now taken agency over the direction that your nervous system was going. Okay, now I have switched on the self-healing capabilities of my body by taking multiple deep breaths, okay?
Then you create a co-working space in the mind. How? By meditating every day. By meditating every day. By training your mind. When your mind is trained, you recognize that triggers are impermanent. You recognize that this experience this will pass. You recognize that every single thought, feeling, emotion, circumstances, people, place, and things are all impermanent. It's all dying and being reborn. It's all collapsing and being rebuilt. And on the next breath, you recognize that you have choice in how you relate. You have choice in how you attach meaning. Can you bring a meaning to this experience as a spiritual diplomat? Okay, cool. Trump is the guru. All right. Holy fuck. To say this out loud could even be so challenging for some. This trigger is my teacher. Okay, wow. Far out. You know, to say a trigger is my teacher, that every challenging experience is the guru, that is you awakening to the next stage of a personal evolution. But in order for that to happen, my love, you have to concentrate your mind. You have to have agency over how you breathe. You know? And then you recognize that everything is empty of inherent essence. But everything is filled with innate nature. I know this could be far out for you, but if, if it's the first time you're hearing this, just write it down and just keep it close to you. This will help you to bring new meaning to all of your experiences. This will help you to bring meaning to every single thing in your life. You know? So things, every, every, everything is, 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 is empty of inherent essence. Therefore, you can never attach someone's behavior to be the truth of who they are. Because at the base of their being, at their fundamental nature level, they are blissful creatures, just like you and I. They're loving creatures, just like you and I. But at first, because the ways our mind have been wired, we're placing destructive, challenging, unskillful, harmful meaning. But the work of a spiritual diplomat is to recognize what the initial labeling that arises and then to recognize that I have a choice in how I relate to this. So the meaning that I'm giving to this is a meaning that will help to liberate me and liberate all people. And in that moment, you're going from this person is that because this is what they do to this person is innately benevolent, blissful, kind, compassionate, a little confused, but innately good. Are we walking together? Is this landing for you? Like that. Like that. Just like that. Just like that. So my wish for you is that you, you that you will that you relearn to to breathe in a way that heals. That you will relearn to soothe yourself in a way that's healthy, skillful, in a way that you can switch on the self healing capabilities of your body on demand. That you will be so profoundly, utterly present 
that when a trigger arises, you're not calling in all of your past painful memories, but you're resting, relaxed in the now and handling the trigger as an enlightened master, dancing with the motherfucker, beautifying the world with every trigger. But that requires you to concentrate your mind. That requires you to meditate. That requires you to pray. That requires you to really actualize everything that, you, that, we, that we speak about here. Everything I teach about requires you to not only listen to the theory, but actualize by doing the practices. Like that. Like that. Okay, enough for today. Enough for today. Thank God for you. Thank God for all of you. I'm Sade Simone, and you've been listening to The Spiritually Sassy Show. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and reveal this podcast. And join me next Sunday for another Spiritually Sassy conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I love you. 